This is WVEW, Brattleboro 107.7 FM, your community radio station, also streaming live online at www.vew.org. This is Indigo Radio, deepening understanding, making connections. On the airwave every Sunday at noon. We're a group of educators seeking to learn through engaging with others in our community and throughout the world. You can also find us on Facebook at Indigo Radio and on Instagram. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host and guest and not the radio station. So we're going to play a clip for you. Welcome. Welcome to Indigo Radio. Uh, shout out to Ralph, as always, giving us that eight-minute song to get ready before we come into the station, come into the studio. So we're going to play a clip for you right now um, of Mike Preisner, an Iraq War veteran who protested with the Veterans for Peace at the White House and was arrested after making this speech in December 2010.
All right, welcome back to Indigo Radio, deepening understanding and making connections on the air every Sunday at noon. My name is Nick. I'm an area educator, and we have... Patrice. Yes, the lovely Patrice is in the building with us today. It's so nice to be here, Nick. (laughs) We're so happy to have you. It's my first time in the studio. (laughs) Yes, it's great to have you. It's really great. So that was a clip of Mike Preisner, Iraq War veteran who protested with the Veterans for Peace at the White House um, in December 2010, and he was arrested after, after making that speech. So we did want to give you a little introduction to the show. Today we're going to be talking about anti-war music. <clears throat> As we all know, the drums of war are, are on, right? Yeah, $700 million dollars a day. It's crazy. And this past couple of weeks, we've all kind of been, in, in the back of our minds, has been this assassination of the Iranian commander, um, Qasem Soleimani. And Trump used a drone, right? He yeah. ordered a drone strike on this international airport. Um, and he Baghdad. did not only kill Soleimani, but he also killed a high-level Iraqi militia chief. So, um, and I know just as a teacher, right, a lot of my students have been talking about this. They've been talking about it. A lot of the boys, particularly, have been talking about the draft mm-hmm. and making jokes about it, right? And and I'm not sure if that's in fear or if it's a mixture of both fear and um, being silly, I guess. But I know that it's in their minds. That's that they might be drafted. Yeah. Yeah. Or that there will be minds. a new draft. Or. But we do yeah. know, right, Patrice, that everybody shows up to say no to war, too. Yes. That has happened throughout history. And so last weekend on January 6th, people across the nation gathered in the streets to say no to war with Iran. And from coast to coast, crowds gathered in D.C. and Seattle, Chicago, Denver, Philadelphia, San Francisco, New York City. And so today we wanted to bring the past onto the airwaves and remember and recall and, of course, be energized Mm -hmm. by anti-war struggles of the past. And so I wanted to ask you, Patrice... What do you remember from your lifetime and about anti-war movements? Well, it's very interesting, you know, that in 1973, I was a freshman in college, Meredith College in Raleigh, North Carolina, a small private women's college. And the first time I had made a connection of music, how music and social change or the idea of how music and doing something could galvanize people was, if, I don't know if you um, read or, or heard about the song I tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree which was a you know an old old song um, that had its roots actually about a soldier coming home from war but this was the hostages in Iran that were coming back and so they were saying please bring them home they've done their time which is one of the song uh, lyrics and so this was the song that really first got me thinking about what it would be to be part of a musical way to protest war or to to look at that as a vehicle. Can we play a little clip just of that a, song? I mean, it's... If you still want me If you still want me And people would go out and tie a yellow ribbon. Yellow ribbon. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's, you know, here we are again. Yeah, we are. We are here again. And for me, my, I mean, I've you you had told me this this morning before we got on the on the radio, and I was trying to remember for me what that moment was or what that song was, or and for me it was I think nine eleven, mm. which was a really scary time for everyone. Um, but as an Arab child, it was like trying to avoid the conversation all the time about war and trying to um, take the attention away from yourself, right? It was an individual mm-hmm. thing. It wasn't like a collective, for me at least, I think. Um, but I remember in 2010, the Arab Spring, I remember um, 2014, the, the attacks on Gaza, um, and I do remember, I mean, a lot of my friends fought in Iraq. In mm-hmm. high school, a lot of my friends went to fight in Iraq. And I didn't have a conception at that time, I think, of what war was. And so since then, it's been 
clear that those coming back from war are really suffering, right? And and those going to war have this idea in their minds of something that it, it never turns out to be. And that's what I always hear from friends who have gone and served is that I had this idea that there would be some glory or mm-hmm. I would be fighting for mm-hmm. for myself, for, for people around me, but then I realized that's not true. Mm. And I or come home. My, or it was my way to get an education or it was right. my way to see the world or some nostalgic, you know, romantic idea. Yeah. And then people come home and no one takes care of them, right? Or, or their families don't have the resources yeah, to do that. Yeah, Born on the Fourth of July, remember that movie? I don't. Oh, What's that movie about? Oh, it was about veterans coming back from the war and how horrible it was to get care. Mm. And that's been, I mean, I've heard lots of horror stories about that. And the suicide rate amongst veterans mm-hmm. is it's really high. So we're going to start off with a song, hmm. Bob Dylan, Masters oh, of Bob War. <laughs> It's a song written in 1963. I just don't want you to know I can see through your masks You that never done nothing But build to destroy You play with my world Like it's your little toy You put a gun in my hand And you hide from my eyes And you turn and run farther When the fast bullets fly Like Judas of old You lie and deceive A world war can be won You want me to believe But I see through your eyes And I see through your brain Like I see through the water that runs down my drain You fasten all the triggers For the others to fire And then you set back and walk When the death count gets higher You hide in your mansion While the young people's blood Flows out of their bodies And is buried in the mud You've thrown the worst fear That can ever be hurled Fear to bring children into the world for threatening my baby, unborn and unnamed. You ain't worth the blood that runs in your veins. How much do I know? But to talk out of turn You might say that I'm young You might say I'm unlearned But there's a one thing I know I'm younger than you That even Jesus would never forgive what you do Let me ask you one question Is your money that good? Will it buy you forgiveness? Do you think that it could? I think you will find When your death takes its toll All the money you made will never buy back your soul And I hope that you die 
And your death will come soon I follow your casket By the pale afternoon I watch while you lord Down to your deathbed And I stand over your grave Till I'm sure that you're dead That was Bob Dylan, Masters of War. And welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro Community Radio Station. And today we're talking about and playing anti-war music. Um, this next, next song is by Dar Williams. I first met Dar Williams in uh, Northampton, and she was singing a song called The Pagans and the Christians. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's one of my... She's focusing after my heart. Mm-hmm. And so she, she wrote a song in 2005. Um, she had a, an album called My Best Self, and this was on that um, album, and um, it's called Empire. I don't know whose empire she's talking about, but it'd be interesting to see what you might think. Or maybe it's a person, or, mm-hmm. but it's her take on empire. We question the goodness of the mighty, we who banish the threat. When your little ones all go nighty-nighty Well, there's no time for doubt right now And less time to explain So get back on your horses Kiss my ring Join our next campaign And the empire grows With the news that we're winning With more fear to conquer And more gold threat for spin That we forced our words And we find that ingenuously churlish Words are just words Don't be so pessimistic, weak and girlish We like strong, happy people Who don't think there's something wrong with pride Work makes them free And we spread that freedom far and wide the journalist cried out when it was too late to stop us everyone had awakened to the dream they could enter our colossus and now i'm right yeah you said i'm right there's nothing that can harm me cause the sun never sets on my dungeons or my Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro Community Radio Station. 
Today we're talking about and playing anti-war music. That was Dar Williams with Empire. Mm, that was a great song. Yeah, you. she's wonderful. She's in her 50s now. It's like we're all getting older, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this next person, everybody knows, Joan Baez. <laughs> I mean, she's been a folk singer for social justice and peace and anti-war for a long, long time. And I don't know, this song has been played for centuries, it seems like. <laughs> but it's an old one. But she does a, a wonderful job of, of this tune called Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago Where have all the flowers gone? Young girls pick them every one When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the young girls gone? Long time Long time ago Where have all the young girls gone? Gone to young men, everyone When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the young men gone? Long Long time ago Where have all the young men gone? Gone for soldiers, everyone When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the soldiers gone? Long time passing Where have all the soldiers gone? Long time ago Where have all the soldiers gone? Gone to graveyards, everyone When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the graveyards gone? Long time passing Where have all the graveyards gone? Long time ago Where have all the graveyards gone? Gone to flowers, everyone When will they ever learn? When will they say that the agreements will be signed and that the war will end because the other side was brought to their knees. It was an American victory. And we, as political people, have to be sure that we don't ever stop until the people in this country understand that it's been an American defeat, hard as it is for Americans to accept. A third world underdeveloped country with no industry, 90% of whose people are peasants, has defeated the mightiest imperialist power in the world. And... And so our struggle must continue, and if our struggle is to continue, we have to support the people who are the victims of repression, and it's going to get worse. I'm old, and I lived through the McCarthy era, and my family was called up in front of HUAC, and a lot of people were silenced during that period, and I remember what it, went, what it meant, and Nixon ushered that period in, and he's trying to do the same thing today. He's trying to stop the movement. He's going to try to do it with repression, political repression. He's going to try to sever us off from everything that happened in the 60s, just the way they did it in the 50s. Everything that happened before, the labor movement, everything that happened was stopped. So the kids of the 60s had to start all over again. We can't allow it to happen. We have to fight him. Um, 
I find a spirit that wants was Jane Fonda speaking about the Vietnam War, the, the end of the war, and uh, the, her comment, we must continue the struggle, I think is the mantra. I mean, I, not only repression, but I think fascism is also the, what, what's happening today. And before that was a clip with Joan Baez, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Yeah, I think that clip with Jane Fonda is, is really relevant today, the, especially the part about severing us off from everything that's happened before that, um, you know, movements have, social movements have built upon. And so maybe <clears throat> because the, the movement against the war in Iraq was so repressed by the government um, and by the media, mm -hmm. right, it was ignored, um, that now it's as if we begin all over again an anti-war movement, even though there is, right? Like there people who know history and people who were part of those anti-war movements right. in the past that we can learn from. Yeah. All right. And so now we're going to go to a segment about the cost of war. And I picked a song, Nina Simone, Backlash Blues. Mm. So for me, what Mike Preisner was saying at the beginning of the show in that clip, he was talking about the $700 million spent every single day to bomb countries. Um, <clears throat> and he was talking about how people here in the U.S. don't have health care, they don't have jobs, they don't have homes, and that we are in perpetual war, nonstop war. And Nina Simone in this next song talks about how people, in, people of color in this country um, particularly black people, black Americans, had second-class homes, second-class schools, and were going to war and spending $700 million a day, you know, bombing other countries. So this song, this next song called Backlash Blues, was at, originally a poem written by Langston Hughes um, that Nina Simone turned into a song. second-class houses and second-class schools do you think that all colored folks are just second-class fools mr backlash i'm gonna leave you with a backlash blue You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro Community Radio Station. I'm Nick, and Patrice is in the station with us today. Hey, Nick. And that was Nina Simone, 
Um, we actually played some Nina Simone. Michaela played some Nina Simone last week on the show. Y'all should mm. uh, check out that show on SoundCloud. She had Bessie and Julia in this in the station with her, and they talked about being black mothers in this area and raising black children in this area. is a great show. Check it out. So we are talking about war and anti-war movements in this country and anti-war music. And <clears throat> the next clip we're going to play is by Howard Zinn. He was a historian. He wrote A People's History of the United States, which is a great book. Um, if you haven't read it, I try to use it in my classes in school. Um, he does a lot of talking about um, the cost of war, what it costs us here in the U.S. when our country decides, or when our government decides that we're going to go to war abroad. So here's Howard Zinn. A world that should be one. One, you know, we, we, they talk about globalization because they want capital to move across. They want trade to move across. Uh, they want to obliterate national boundaries for trade, for money, for commerce. Our problem is to obliterate national boundaries for human beings. So that we don't think of people living on another side of a boundary as being enemies of ours. So we think of the children in other countries as being like our children. No better, no worse. When you think of it that way, when you think that the children in Iraq, the children in China, the children in Russia, the children in, the children in Latin America, when you think that these children are our children, we have to think of them as our children, then you cannot make war. Because war is always a war against children. You know, the, the, they will not show you that on television. They will show you smart bombs and, and they will show you, you know, oh wow, military victories and this building destroyed, that building destroyed. They won't show you how many children die in wars. But you may know that ever since World War II, in every war more civilians die than military. And so many of these are children. If you begin to think of wars always as wars against children, you cannot make war. And then you have to think, yes, there are problems in the world, there are tyrants in the world, there's evil in the world, you want to make things better, but that you'd better do it without war. You'd, because war is the indiscriminate killing of large numbers of people. And human ingenuity, human ingenuity, which can do such absolutely marvelous things, which can go to the moon. I mean, how many times have you been absolutely awestruck at what the human mind can accomplish. I mean, every time you fly in a, in a huge jet plane or use computers, well, what an amazing thing the human brain is. Then why can't we use that ingenuity to solve the problems of the world without killing large numbers of people in war? All right, and that, and that was Howard Zinn, the historian, uh, and he talked about war. It's so interesting to me what we hear about war here in the U.S., both when things, I guess, nothing, nothing has really exactly happened like this before, right? But in the case of what happened in 2003 with the invasion of Iraq or the Gulf of Tonkin with Vietnam, what we hear from the government is oftentimes a piece of the story, right? right. It's not the whole story. Very rarely is it the whole story. And... I thought Zinn's, I mean, his work is so wonderful. As a teacher, you know, you mm -hmm. use it. I, I teach at Keene State, and sometimes I use his work in my classes. But, you know, that idea of the children of the world, where do we get the idea that those children are, in this, they're, they're just not cared for. They're not seen as a part of a, us as humanity. It's like that loss of our humanity mm. that you see. To, to bomb indiscriminately or to send a drone over to kill so many I mean it's incredible to me that this time in our history that we're doing that again mm. or not again but that we're doing that yeah we're continuing to continuing do that, right? to, yeah and 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 that use of technology as if a drone is going to pull us out of the action or something mm -hmm. that's incredible to me 
And for me, the difficulty is how do I find information about what's really happening? You know, Um, who is this person that was killed? How am I going to find that information for myself when I know very well that the media has the interests of the rich, the interests of companies and corporations? That's Mm -hmm. what their interest is. And so for me, they don't have my interests in mind. My interests are not the same as corporations. Yeah. You know, I, I think the only news station really is, is Democracy Now! that you, can, you feel like has some of, some of your interest or my interest. Well, heart. that's also the beauty of social media, too, right? Is yeah. like in some way there, is, there are videos for us to see what is happening. Right. Whether it's with the Rohingya in you know, Burma or whether it's with um, the Kurds mm-hmm. and the U.S. Pu- be pulling out of, of northern Syria. Mm-hmm. So for me, educating ourselves around the history, right? Because those, p- that picture is clearer for us. What is the behavior of our government? Right. And then what is it likely to be now? And how do we use the history to analyze what's happening in the present? Well, and your, your comment about the media is who's running the media, corporate power, that. So how do we get news? Like when you and I were watching the clip with Catherine Graham and the Post and the Pentagon Papers, you know, how the government shut down the first set, which went to the New York Times. And so you have a situation where the media is now controlled mostly by the same corporate power. So it's true. You, you, the, I think the American public is getting only a very small portion of the story. But in Michael Moore's interview the other day, uh, maybe two weeks or a week ago, was that 70% of the American public, if you look at the polls, are, are more progressive thinking and that they don't want us to be in war and they don't want us. So, but that 70% of the American public, they're, they're listening to But that's not the voice that we hear, right? Exactly. That's not the voice. Exactly. Those are not the voices that we're hearing. So yeah. in order to, um, I think, hear, hear more about what's happening in the government, we have been lucky enough this decade, right, to see people like Edward Snowden mm. and Chelsea Manning yeah. and Julian Assange. And, you know, there are whistleblowers that are coming out with this information. And I think as you're talking to the Pentagon Papers, it's really important for us to to think about that history. So we picked out a clip by Daniel Ellsberg. Um, It's from 2006. He's in New York. He's talking about U.S. aggression in the Middle East. And he calls on government officials to leak information to the public. Here he is. This man revealed the Pentagon Papers, Daniel Ellsberg. Thank you. I'm Dan Ellsberg. I'm here today because I don't think George Bush is stupid. I think he's dangerous. I don't think just getting rid of Don Rumsfeld, as the generals want to do, will make us a lot better off. What do we do even before November to prevent an attack on Iran, which would be as great a catastrophe as the attack on Iraq? or nuclear weapons, which would be still beyond history in terms of catastrophe. Cy Hirsch tells us that the administration is filled with people and the military ranks are filled with people who are doing operational plans for the use of nuclear weapons against Iran, either initially or as that conflict escalates as it would. I was in that position myself in the Pentagon 35 and more years ago. What should a patriotic official do when he knows that his commander-in-chief is leading the country over the cliff, is acting wrongly? I have advice for them. Cy Hirsch says a number of them are so appalled they're considering resigning. When I read that in the New Yorker, April 17th issue, I thought to myself, resigning after the attack or before it? Even before it would not make any difference. I have a better word for them, a better thing for them to do than to resign. Leak. Put out unauthorized disclosure of those criminal plans. Put out the Joint Chiefs of Staff calculations and estimates as to why that is a totally wrong position to do. Don't wait for the Joint Chiefs to do it. The officials who know that can, at risk of their freedom, 
the risk of prosecution. I was facing 115 years in prison, possibly, and that was certainly worth it. They can put that out, and my word to them is, don't do what I did. Don't wait till the new war has started. Don't wait till that nuclear bomb has fallen before you go to the press and the public with what they need to know to stop it. Thank you. Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, your Brattleboro community radio station. So that was Edwin Starr, War, that last song. And before that, we played a clip by Daniel Ellsberg um, on leaking, leaking information to the public. And I, for me, something that stood out, Patrice, was that he called the plans of the government criminal. Mm-hmm. And watching this happen in the last two weeks... It's unconstitutional. It's been used. Trump's actions were criminal. And you had mentioned also about Elizabeth Warren talking about him using this as a method to distract from impeachment, Mm -hmm. right? And that that had been used by previous administrations, that same tactic. Same exact headlines were in the paper. She showed them on the show. So check that out on Democracy Now! Yes. All right. And so we wanted to let people know, since we're talking about whistleblowing, Brattleboro Solidarity is going to be showing Citizen Four, the film about Edward Snowden and his decision to leak um, the information from the NSA. It's 
coming up on the 25th of January. It will be at Epsilon Spires um, on 190 Main Street. And you can check out Brattleboro Solidarity's Facebook page for more information. All right. So we're going to go to another song because this is, after all, anti-war music. Mm -hmm. Um, Good God, (laughs) y'all. What is it good for? (laughs) Definitely, (laughs) absolutely nothing, right? Except probably making money for, right, for the Undertaker, too. But making money for for the rich. For the rich. So this next song is by an Iranian artist. His name is Mehdi Yarahi. Mm-hmm. And the song is called Pare Sang. So he was banned from playing the song at his concerts. And so he decided he wasn't going to sing the song, but he was going to have his band play the instrumentals. And he went off stage and the whole crowd sang That's this song so cool. instead of wow. him getting in trouble for singing it. Right. So let's listen to that. به تک تک شقیقه های پار سنگ خورد و یه بار دستمون به زامنت و فنگ خورد و مرگ برد و دوباره عقل مرد و تموم خاطراتمون گره به جنگ خورد و تره تخریب خونه های ما کلنگ خورد و تا رسیدیم مدرسه همیشه زنگ خورد و مرگ برد و دوباره عقل مرد و تموم خاطراتمون گره به جنگ خورد من نمیدونم چرا نمیتونم بفهمم اینو چرا به ختم جنگ این همه درنگ خورد و یه نسل دیگه رفت جنگ بر نگش رفت و من آخرین شهید این قبیلم قبیله ای که آب و نون ندارن قبیله ای که خیلی از شهیداش حتی یه دیک ندارن به من یک نفر بگه کجای کاریم تقاس جنگ و پای چی باید بذاریم چرا هنوز زندگی نداریم به من یک نفر بگه کجا رسیدیم چجوری یک زنده موندیم و شهیدیم یه خواب خوش عمری ندیدیم من نمیدونم چرا نمیتونم بفهمم اینو چرا به ختم جنگ این همه درنگ خورد و یه نسل دیگه رفت جنگ بر نگرش رفت و رفت و All right, welcome back to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, your Brattleboro Community Radio Station. Uh, That was Mehdi Yarahi. He's an Iranian singer, and he wrote that song, Parising, Against War. It's an anti-war song. And so I just wanted to read some of the lyrics. Um, The lyrics say, All of our memories were tied to war. When we arrived to school, the bell rang and death won once again. Our minds are, have died and all of our memories are tied to war. I don't know why I can't understand this, why there's much, so much hesitation for ending the war. Another generation went to war and didn't come back. Went, went, and didn't come back. So just as there are people that are against war here, there are people who are against war everywhere across the world. Somehow when that music was playing, remember the celloist in Sarajevo when he sat out and played his cello while the bombs were dropping? You know, and they said, why are you out here playing your cello with the bombs dropping? He said, why are they dropping bombs when I'm out here playing my cello? And his, you know, the orchestra had been destroyed and his family. I mean, so it's incredible the, 
the beauty of that music in people's hearts. I mean, it evoked, and I didn't know his music until you shared it with me. It's beautiful. All right. Well, there's lots of music that we can play, lots of anti-war music that we can play. Patrice, you wanted to play some some Sweet Honey in the Rock. Yes, yeah, some of you um, probably know Sweet Honey in the Rock. They're an a cappella, all-woman African-American uh, group. They started in 1973. Uh, Bernice Johnson Reagan was the main uh, person that started that, that a cappella group. And, um, you know, some people might say, well, this is not really an anti-war song. Or is that, how does that fit, you know? But it was really part of the civil rights movement, you know, looking at Keep Your Eyes on the Prize is the name of the song, and it was like, okay, if you want to get something done, you got to stay focused, you got to stay with it. You can't, you know, stop the struggle. And so in many ways, I, I think that song and Mahalia Jackson, if we get a chance to play that, the, the We Shall Overcome, I think every anti-war march I ever was at, we sang that song. Mm. So for me, it felt really important to play a couple of, of tunes if, if we have time. And many of these civil rights activists were against the war in Vietnam yes. and refused to serve, right? right? So those struggles are connected. Yes, very much so. Good point. So this song, if you uh, got that queued up, I keep your eyes on the prize. Sweet honey. Found in jail, had no money for the good Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on, hold on.
shall overcome one day. We shall overcome one day. We shall overcome. Mahalia Jackson, We Shall Overcome. She's the queen of gospel. We have to give her credit. She died in 1972, God rest her soul, and did, I mean, sung at the uh, the, the Washington Monument at the crowds of, of over 200,000 people for the marches. So, All right. This is Indigo Radio on your Brattleboro Community Radio Station, 107.7 FM, and we thank you so much for joining us today for our anti-war music show. Patrice, you wanted to make an announcement, Yes, right? there is an announcement. Um, the Women's March on Washington is coming up. It's on Saturday, January 18th, um, and it's going to be at Freedom Plaza in Washington, 10 a.m., and there's a whole week of action before that, right? Um, topics including immigration, climate, reproductive rights, and health justice, and more than likely there'll probably be smaller rallies in the area, but that's on the um, 18th of January. All right, and we wanted to go out with a song. We're going to go out with John Legend, Imagine, just because, you know, we have hope. We can imagine. We can hope for a better world. John Lennon. I know you got Legend on the Oh, line. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> He's me. good, too. <laughs> John Lennon. <laughs> Thanks, Patrice. Y'all have a great Sunday. I wanna get